Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by calling 888-775-3773, 888-77-JESSE, or go to our uh, uh, chat line on uh, YouTube, and uh, I can take your questions and comments, either by phone or by chat. I am glad to be here. I am being told that this is our last day for this, and that starting next Sunday, we will be open, alive, audience or congregation on the inside of the church. So I have been told, I have been informed, informed that this is our last one. And by the way, happy Memorial Day tomorrow for all, everybody that's kind of long weekend for you. I hope it's a time of reflection and appreciation for the military people who have laid down their lives that we might be free, even though we're really not free. But even though we might pretend we're free, <laughs> I am grateful to the military. Since meeting so many military men and women, I, it's amazing what they have gone through and are going through so that we might be free. So I am grateful and thank you to the families who had to sacrifice your families as well. Uh, and one other thing, I... Uh, as you know, some of you know, Friday, May 22nd was my birthday. Amazing. And I want to say thank you to all of you, all of you who super chat, D-lived, uh, uh, birthday cards, who gave gifts and prayers. Thank you so very much. I don't take that for granted. I absolutely appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mama Mia, hola, si, senor. Hold your wallet. I do appreciate it. It was an amazing birthday. I am 71 years old, and to me, it has no meaning. I don't know what it means because it seemed to be just a number because I don't feel that way at all. I'm not sure if there is a feeling for 71 or any age Unless you're kind of down and out, your body is not working, your mind is not well, you're sick and diseased, maybe then you feel like your age. But I don't feel like 71. And I don't know if there is a feeling. Uh, last night I worked out, and I did a serious workout by myself in my backyard uh, for about two hours. I did weights, I did all kind of stuff. And I did it really late in the evening because I kind of waited to cool off a little bit. And lo and behold, my body was so hyped up, I got maybe three hours of sleep last night. I'm like, what the? <laughs> three hours of sleep. And I, my body was just, I, I started to get up and go back out there at 12 midnight and do it some more because uh, I just couldn't sleep. Because normally I work out in the mornings after my radio show, and uh, at the gym. But I didn't want to go in the backyard when it's like really hot in L.A., and it cools off around so many hours. And so I went out there late. It was an amazing workout, though, amazing workout. Alan West uh, was in a, it's been reported that he was in a motorcycle accident in Texas, and um, According to his wife, I believe that he seemed to be recovering well, 
and he should be going home if he has already not gone home. So um, we all wish you well, Alan. Alan Weston has been on the, my radio show for so many times. He is now living in Texas, and he's running for the chair or something like that for the Republicans of Texas. So I wish Alan West well. We all do Alan from Bond, all right? Before I go to your calls, I want to throw out my biblical question. Um, yesterday evening, I just kind of flipped on my uh, cell phone, and this story popped up uh, on YouTube or somewhere. I never know how I really find that stuff. I just turn it on, and sometimes things will pop up, and it catches my interest. So I go on to it and check it out. Um, I read this story. I don't know if it's true or not, but it is online because a lot of stuff online is not true. I, I realize that. But there was a young man by the name of Lucas. And according to the story, Lucas lived overseas in Europe somewhere. And he, his father and mother were all together in Europe. And uh, at some point, when he was eight years old, his uh, his father and mother broke up, and the mother moved back to the states here in the states, and she brought her eight year old son and the father eight year old son Lucas with her. The father worked in a factory there in uh, Europe, and the mother was a I forgot I think a school teacher or a cook or so, a waitress I think. And so the father and mother broke up. The mother moved to back here to the States. And when she moved back here, according to the story, it said that the mother and her mother, who would be Lucas' grandmother, start saying really bad things about his father to him. They were saying these awful things about him. And he didn't remember the father being that way. And so after a while, the boy is eight years old, Finally, the mother, according to the story, said to Lucas, it's just you and me, baby. And Lucas said, yes, mom, okay. He identified with that after a while. And so from there, according to the story, the mother uh, started to dress um, to try to convince Lucas that he wasn't a boy but that he was a girl. And she wanted him to be a part of the LGBTQ thing. And she started telling this young boy that he was a girl. And he didn't understand it. But she kept, according to the story, telling him that. And, and they used to watch um, these drag queen shows for 24 hours a day, it seemed, over and over again, uh, uh, for hours and hours of watching drag queen shows. Even that black guy that's a drag queen, he kind of well-known. They were watching him. What's that guy's name? I can't remember. Yeah. RuPaul. Yeah, RuPaul. He was, he was watching hours and hours of RuPaul, he and his mother. And so it got to a point where the mother, according to the story, changed his name from Lucas to Lucy. She changed her 12-year-old, I mean, her 8-year-old son name from Lucas to Lucy, and he didn't like that name. He didn't know what Lucy, who Lucy was. He had never heard of a Lucy, but the mother and started calling him that. And then she started dressing him in dresses and putting makeup on 
and, and all that kind of madness. She, according to the story, she kept him out of school until he was 12 years old. And when she allowed him to go to school, she sent him to school as a girl. And even though uh, the kids and the teachers at school knew he was a transgender, he was dressed as a girl. And he said that he got so much attention. He was treated as a star in school and other places. None of the kids bullied him. The teacher was all for it. And it just made him feel wonderful as a girl. And according to the story, there came a point when the mother would take him to drag queen shows and he talked about how he would see gross things at the drag queen show. The guy, the drag queens would be half naked and all kind of stuff. And at one point, the mother tried to hook him up with some drag queen who had hit on him. He was a kid, and this adult drag queen had tried to hit on him. Uh, he didn't fall for it. He didn't like that. The mother had set up a date or, or something. It was crazy. And uh, as Lucas, better know as Lucy, but real name uh, Lucas, when he turned, so he was like all into it, but he didn't like it. And so he said that an article was written, his mother did an interview in a magazine or something about his father. And in the magazine, the mother said that the father had been, had traumatized Lucas by calling, by saying bad things about homosexuals in front of him and saying horrible things in front of his son. But when Lucas read that, he realized that wasn't true, that his mother had lied and that his mother was lying on his father that his father had not done any of those things. And he confronted the mother, and from that point forward, I think he was around 16, he decided he wasn't going to be a transgender. He didn't want to be a transgender. And that when, the, when he and his mother left the father, that the mother didn't have male authority over her, and she went out of control. But as long as she was with the father, she wasn't doing crazy things like that. But when she left, she lost control which, of herself because she didn't have that male authority over her. That is a wicked story. But it is, and so the boy turned, Lucas turned 16, and now he's gone back to his boyness, his maleness. He has a girlfriend, and he seemed to be doing fine. He's back to himself because he realized the mother was lying. How wicked can that be? Isn't that evil? A, a mother doing that to a child. And from what the story said, it seemed to be pretty popular now out there and is well accepted by school teachers and others. They help to promote boys becoming transgenders. That's evil. But the moral of the story is that, men, you got to wake up, take control of your family so that you can guide your wives and children in the right way to go. Because if you don't, they will go out of control. They really will. In the same manner that we as men go out of control when Christ is not over us, when we are not one with the Father, with God. So we got to come back to order of God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, and woman over children. Nothing else is going to work but that. And when the light, when the women, women are not with their earthly fathers or not with their husbands, 
they will go out of control. They have no other choice because they're in the dark, in darkness, and they can't see the right way to go. The light comes through the man. It really does. I was thinking the other day, if men had not been traumatized by their mothers, meaning that they were not born through the woman, born of the flesh, uh, men would never, males, would never have anger. Isn't that amazing? The anger of a male is that of his mother because he's born of his mother and traumatized by that. And as a result, he has her mindset and emotions, so he's angry. But if he was not born of the woman, he would never, the man would never know anger. Can you imagine living a life without ever knowing anger? And when you don't know anger, there's no emotions, no doubt, no fear, no worry, no insecurity, none of that stuff. You will always live by faith because you will have that relationship with your father. And it's a perfect way for men to live. But you can't return that to that. Come out of the fallen state and you can return to it. You must be born again of the spirit. You're born of the flesh. And so you're of the flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. All right? One kind of way. And, but when you're born of the spirit, then the, the spirit control. And the flesh has no other choice but to come in order with the spirit which is of God. And that's for ladies too. Ladies, you must be born again of the spirit of your father in order to come back to your natural state of being. It's all about that. But I thought that was an amazing story. And the boy wrote it himself, I believe, because he's 16 years old now. I don't know. Even though I know you're in a fallen state, when, we are in, when you were all born in sin, meaning that we were born into crazy families and we become like our family. Uh, it's amazing the things you do in that fallen state. Likewise, it's amazing when you start to overcome it. It is mind-blowing. Mind-blowing is something else. So I want to take some calls and questions and comments. My last week biblical question, and I want to, before I put my little two cents in, I want to hear from you. Last week, biblical question, why is stillness so important? Why is stillness so important? That was last week, biblical question, and it was an amazing biblical question. It really was. And so before I put my little two cents in, I want to hear from you about it. Francisco want to have his little two cents first. And then we take some calls and all that good stuff. Francisco had asked, could he give a talk today? I said no, but then when I got here, I'm like, if he gets here on time, I'll let him do it. But he was late because he didn't know. Why is stillness so important? It's the only way you can find, uh, come back to yourself and find God. The only way you can come back to yourself and find God? That's what I think. Uh, okay. You're not sure? I'm sure. Oh, okay. Amazing. What did you say about that, James? Of the Hake Report. Dot com. I don't know if I had a solid answer. Well, <clears throat> have, have you had time to smoke on it? I have, but I didn't take the opportunity. I you didn't did. use that time wisely to you, think about it. <laughs> you didn't smoke on it? No. You know what I think might be happening to me is that if I'm a little stumped about it, yeah. that I don't even bother to think about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> you like, forget it. If God doesn't show me, have me stop, forget it. <laughs> uh, amazing. What a shame. Also, I want to explain something that Joel and I talked about on the radio this week. Is about uh, mental illness. May is mental illness month. <laughs> not only is it my birthday, but it's mental illness month. He would not let us forget that. And what I want to mention is that people are not mental ill, Ill in the way that the world say. It's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's like spiritual illness or psycho spiritual illness or something like that. So what happens is, and I realize it, is that if you're not overcome that fallen state, you've been born of the spirit, then you're controlled by your imagination, your thoughts. And the thoughts will build you up and you feel all happy and free. And then then they will come and they will tear you down. And now you feel afraid and worried and insecure and suicidal and all that. And so in that state of feeling down, you have, because you're in your head, you have this amazing pain in your body. And it feels like you, but it's not you. But because you identify with uh, Satan's voice, you think that is you. And so you're up and down, and you're living in your head, the thoughts are talking to you, and giving you bad information because it's impossible to give good information. It gives you lies and things. And then so you're up and down in thoughts and in feelings. You go to the psychiatrist or the doctor or the therapist or the uh, psychologist or the preacher, they recommend medication for you. Oh, you got mental illness. You need medication. But medication cannot solve spiritual issues. Cannot, and then they tell you, oh, the frontal lobe is not working with the back lobe and all that. The brains are not working and all that crap, right? Uh, it's a spiritual mental illness because when you're in a fallen state, you're living in your imagination. And Satan is telling you all type of lies, up and down and up and down. And I notice that when you get drunk or you get high, you smoke pot or having sex or lies, stealing and killing and hating, you feel better for a while, but that goes away too. And then reality sets in again, and you're in pain. You feel the pain. What I want to tell you is the reason you're not getting better with that, because no one has told you when you are feeling high, well, like we all seem to be well, you know how you have a, a nice attitude, you feel good, and you're like grateful or whatever. And then Satan come along and give you a thought and bring you down, and now you feel pain. You, instead of running from that pain, you need to go to that pain, relax in it, and accept it in the same way that you would accept feeling good. Because they're both imposters. The feel-good feeling is an imposter, and the feel-bad feeling is an imposter. But most people tend to hate to be it. The feel-bad feeling, which comes from the imagination, because you could not feel it if you didn't have a thought, if you went in and you think, feel, and act. So what I want to suggest to you, do what you want, of course, is that when you're in the pain, just relax in it, because it is an imposture. It's not real. Relax in the pain and continue to do what you're doing in life. Just continue to do what's in front of you. 
don't uh, I recommend that you have the same gratefulness with the pain that you have without the pain. Like you know how you're all happy that you don't have pain? It's a spiritual thing. We we are possessed in that fallen state. You're possessed with a different identity, a spirit. It has made a home in you. And it happens happened as a result of being little kids and resenting your parents, your mother, your father. And so the moment you become angry, it enters into your imagination and it got you. And you start living from the imagination. It's a spirit that made a home in you. It is not you. But it's in your body, so it feels like you. And when you don't face it, take the pain, you escape with using something, buying houses and having a lot of money, whatever. You, uh, you only set yourself up for death and not life. But when you treat them both the same, have the same attitude, just notice it, but don't, don't do anything else about it. Do the silent prayer, be aware, it'll all work out. That's how you grow strong and wiser. And, and when you have the pain, don't call it, don't give it a name. Don't give it a name. You just be the observer of it. Because if you give it a name, it's going to control you. If you call it mental illness, if you call it anxiety, if you call it panic attack, if you give it a name, then it will control you. But if you just observe it, it, just observe it without a name, you will have control over it. Because when you're weak, that's when you're made to be strong. But if you escape the weakness by reaching outside for something, you would never be made to be strong. You've got to endure the pain. You're not going to die. You're not going to die. Your ego will die. The nature of Satan will die. The real you will come alive. But you got to learn to endure the pain without giving it a name. And just continue. And sometimes it's so painful, it makes you want to throw up both your hands, right? <laughs> but just relax and take it without naming it. Just be the observer. You've been set up by the world to name everything. Racism, sexism, homophobiaism, Islamophobiaism, Debbie Dadism, white supremacism, uh, anti-Semitism, uh, panic attack, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and all kinds of, you name it everything, not realizing that you're justified by your words or condemned by them. So become the observer, take the pain, and it will pass, and wisdom will flow from you. Life will come, it will just be amazing. It really will. All right? Take the pain. Don't reach out for anything. And when you're going through the pain, don't look like you're going through pain. It'll be between you and your Father God, and he will take care of it. Because there's a battle going on in the imagination and the soul of your belly, in the belly, in the darkness of your mind, and in the light, in the soul of the belly. They are warned against each other. And if you were to be still and know, then uh, the light would defeat the darkness. It really will. It's so amazing. There are no words to express it. But you got to take the pain, men and women. you got to take it. Then you shall overcome it. Just be the observer. Stay in the present. 
do what you're doing. Sometimes you can barely walk because it's so painful because it's telling you all kind of weird stuff. Another thing about uh, Satan, as I've said before, he have to bring you out of the present, take you into a false future or a uh, false past in order to make you feel all that. But if he can't bring you out of the present, he can't bring you pain. He is a great deceiver. And if you believe him, he got you. Don't even call yourself a drug addict or alcoholic or any of those things because that's not who you are. That's what you're doing as a result of being in that fallen state and trying to survive. You're relying on physical things, people, places, and things rather than your father that is within you. Your father's in the soul of your belly. Satan is in your mind. He's talked to you and God revealed to you. Yes, Frankie. Uh, your soul is a, your spirit, your soul is a very fragile thing. That's what Satan is trying to get a, get a hold of. And um, it can be blown out of you when, you when you do those things that people call sins. The more you do that, the more you get lost into it, and, and it takes you away from your soul, your spirit. And the only way I know of coming back to it is is uh, by burning, um, taking the pain and not going to that thing uh, by being still, by being calm, still, and just observing it. That's how that thing dies, and you connect back to your spirit. Amazing. It's spiritual. You are a spirit, and there's a warfare going on. This battle is not with other people. It's with you. It's within you. That's why you got to get to know yourself. You don't have to. You can suffer and die, or you can get to know yourself and live. It's really up to you. All right? Any calls, James? Yeah, we okay. have calls as well as some super chats. Okay, whichever way you want to go. Uh, Alex Calloway gave a super chat and asked, Thank you, Alex. How do I keep a positive attitude about life? Um, doing the silent prayer, speaking up, and don't resent. Have no opinion about anybody or anything. Really. And just live in the present um, um, I had a friend call me, I believe it was last night, and he is still living with his mother, and he's totally depressed. He told me he's become an alcoholic and all that. And so I gave him suggestions of what to do, and he called back and said, Hey, Jesse, what is your idea of success? And I said to him, There is no idea of success. Don't have an idea of anything. Just be, and you'll be fine. He's like, oh, that makes sense. So same, same way with life. You just be and have a great attitude about whatever is happening, and that's how you live. Just don't, don't live the way the world has set it up for you to live, but be guided by what is right within you. One thing I noticed about Christianity is that Christians have read the Bible <laughs> and then they've learned the intellectual aspect of the Bible and they're trying to live according to what they read and they think that living that way is being godly they think that they're being a Christian even though trying to live that way is not working for them but they're trying to but what I want you to know when you wake up when God bring you back to him to the father it's nothing like what you think and it caused me to realize even more so that our minds 
our mind cannot comprehend at all. You can read the Bible till the cows come home. You can go to church until you're black and blue in the face. You can hoop and holler, whatever. You cannot conceive the mind of God until you come out of the fallen state. Forgive. He will forgive you and bring you into his mindset. It is nothing like what you've been taught about anything. Nothing like that at all. Uh, I had a, uh, I think, uh, was a breakthrough with one of my sisters on Saturday. And she and I was talking, and she started asking me questions about things, and I started answering it. And so what I did was, I, I told her, because she's like, uh, uh, you know, a Christian Bible thumping kind of thing, because she really studied the Bible all her life and really been into it. And so I said, hey, just close your eyes for a minute. I said, just close your eyes for one minute. And when you close your eyes, I want you to tell me your first thought that you see. So I told her, just relax and let your whole body just melt. Let go. Let yourself relax. She was sitting up on the couch, she said. She lived in Indiana. And I said, just relax. Let your eyeballs relax in the socket. Your tongue relax in the mouth. And I want you to just relax and be aware right above your eyebrows. Just be aware of the first thought. And you'll see that you are not your thought. You're looking at your thought. I said, just be aware. And I want you to tell me when I have you open your eyes in a minute. I want you to tell me what you see. This is when a sister of mine, I was stunned. And I still don't know what to think of it. I'm going to have to wait until I talk to her again to see if she's still with it. Um, uh, so she relaxed. And um, while I relaxed, she said, well, I don't, at first she said that she wanted to say Jesus. I'm like, no, don't say Jesus. <laughs> and then she said, and so I told her, just be aware right above your eyebrows, center of your forehead, of those thoughts. And, she, and so she did. And I had to do it for a minute. And then I said, all right, open your eyes, stretch, relax. And I said, I asked, what was your first thought? She said, before you told me to be aware of the center of my forehead, the first thing I wanted to say was Jesus. <laughs> and I realized the only reason I wanted to say Jesus, because I've been taught to say that. I've just been taught to say Jesus. But when you had me to just be aware of when the thoughts come, I saw no thoughts. It was nothing there, and I was relaxed. And... And then she started seeing other things. She realized she had been well-trained as a Christian and that she really thought that you had to learn the Bible in order to know God. And I ended up talking to her for two and a half hours. It didn't feel like it. It's just that she texted me later and said, thank you for spending two and a half hours with me because I never do that. And she was really grateful, but she extraordinarily grateful that she can realize that it was her thoughts. She had learned the Bible. She learned everything and uh, that for that. So we'll see what happens. Supposedly she's going to do the silent prayer now. But she seemed to have awakened. 
but obviously because she's been well trained as well, especially in the Bible. Uh, so just relax and just have take no thought about anything. Just live in the present, and life will be given to you. It will come from the inside, and you'll live it, and it's amazing. Okay. Peter from Paris. That was a long answer. Peter from Periscope asked, "Can you explain relaxing in the pain in the sole of your belly?" Uh, have Joel come here for a moment. He black. I think he can explain it even better than I can now. But it's such an excellent question, an amazing question, and I'm gonna have Joel tell you what that means. He black. She want to know what was the question is. Peter from Periscope asked, "Can you ex- Peter? Peter? Oh, okay. Asked, can you explain relaxing in the pain in the sole of your belly? Okay. Can you explain that, Joe? <laughs> explain relaxing in the pain. Yeah, in um, the sole of your belly, in your body here. Yeah, I would say not giving into it by choosing to, you know, do things that will you think will get rid of the pain. But more so, just suck it up and deal with it. <laughs> that's a Steve. See, that's a way to deal with it. Melania said, suck it up and deal with it. Um, um, what happens is, uh, Joel, remember we talked about mental illness on the radio? Yeah, last week. Do you remember what we said about that? Kind of, a little bit. Okay, do what you remember about it. Uh, I know you were saying, kind of what you were saying is that you know, people want to always give names to it, but when you give names to it, it's a setup. Yeah. You know, telling yourself that the doctor want to give you pills right, and things. Right, but then when you it's even even stuff like chemical imbalance. When you say it's a chemical imbalance, you already tell yourself that it can't be fixed. Right. Opposed to you know not even just leaving it as what it is. Instead of the doctor telling you, well, this is this, and you can't fix it. I'd rather not know, and then just deal with it and just figure out a a way to, you know, overcome it. And you make a good point because that's what would happen. If no one had ever named it, you would just deal with it. Right. You would would deal with the highs and the lows in the same way. You would just be going on with your life and notice that you have these highs and lows because inside of your physical body is a spirit. It's a spirit that made a home in you as a result of falling away from the Father. And we are possessed in that fallen state. You really are. And even when you wake up, you're still possessed, but with the Spirit of God. You're not even in control of that either. But we are possessed. But the doctors tell you, they start naming it, and then shell pills down your throat. And that's when you lose reality. Then you get weaker, and you can't handle anything. Right. (laughs) But that's what it, it seems like that's how, before doctors started developing these tests to to diagnose these things, yeah. it seems like that's what people would know. It just makes sense. People would normally just do that, like, oh, I must be going through something. Yes. But as soon as, you know, it seems that if a doctor tells you it's a chemical imbalance, it automatically tells you it can't be fixed. So it's like that seems like that's been the biggest setup is the doctors telling you what they believe that it's supposed to be. And I noticed that when they give you those pills as you're getting older, you got to stay on those pills because if you don't, because you've grown up not dealing with anything, not dealing with the pain and overcoming it. You can't have any reality at all because the pills put you in a false reality. 
And so because you're not grown spiritually, you're not, have, you're not able to handle reality at all. So when you become an adult, what do you do? You jump off a bridge. Or you commit suicide, I mean, or you go out and kill everybody at school. Or you go kill your mama. Or you get drunk. <laughs> because you have, and the pain comes when you believe a lie and you fall away from this feel-good feeling to having doubt and worry and insecurity. You're worried about tomorrow. You're worried about yesterday. And you're like, oh, Lord, my faith. And, and, and so you go, you go get drunk. But if you didn't do that, just knowing that it's spiritual, there's nothing you can do about it. That's why God said, just leave it, leave it alone. I got it. I'll handle it. I'll take care of it. He will take care of it. All right. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I was just saying that was a good point that, that you were making that, you know, to have a, what we're talking about on a radio show is to have a great attitude even in the midst of that. Yeah. And, you know, it makes you know, so much sense because it's almost like you're denying that pain by just being yourself. Because if you give any kind of entertainment to it, it's like you're, you're giving into it. Yeah. And then. And, and I know it's hard when you first start because uh, when I first, because I had, no one had told me that I had to deal with the pain. So when I'm not in my head, when I first started out, I'm not in my head. I'm all happy. Oh, God, I love the Lord. The Lord love me. We got it going on, right? Because I'm not in my head. And the moment I got in my head, I would fall to a low, and I was like, I mean, just painful. I'm like, you know, maybe he ain't got it. <laughs> and it, when you, if you didn't know, the last thing you want to have is a good attitude when you're in pain. Somebody come along and tell you you have a good attitude, you want to slap them and send them home. <laughs> How you going to have a good attitude and you can barely, I mean, you got, you're gripping with fear and doubt and worry and whatever. You know what I'm saying? But, and so I remember when I first started out, no one told me that, and I would have that pain. But for some reason, I didn't reach out to anything. I just knew not to reach out, because I, I knew it was spiritual. And I remember going home from work sometimes. I was living in Oregon, I said, and I could barely make it home. I could barely walk. And I would make it in the door and just... My head, I would have headaches and all kind of stuff. And I would just fall out on the couch. I'd say, you know what, God, whatever. You know, I can't do anything about this. So whatever your will is, let it be done. And I would just lay out on the couch and eventually I'd fall asleep. And then I'd get up the next day and have to go and repeat it again. But I grew from it. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I, I went through it the hard way. At least I'm telling you what to expect. But I didn't know it. I learned the hard way. And it was amazing. I'm glad for that. I have no... I'm okay with that. But you got to take the pain. Go to the pain and relax. Meaning don't fight it. Don't be mad about it. Don't take drugs or alcohol. Don't, don't call up a friend and, and just murmur about it and complain and be all weak. Endure the pain. You shall be made strong. When you're weak, then he is strong. He'll make you strong. He really will, the real you. All right. Did you want to say something, Frank? Okay. So I, when, I, when I talk to people about this, I always give them a, an example, an experiment. 
I tell them to put their arm out and pinch their arm uh, medium hard and experience that feeling and feel the pain. And it's always worse when you when you go through that. You can just pinch your arm and you feel it, and you and you feel the pain. It feels like it's getting worse. Now I tell them to take their other arm, pinch, and not think about it, not in, to endure it, to feel it, but not to get into it. And the pain's always less, even though you're putting the same amount of pressure, because you're enduring and going through it, and you're not you're not falling into it. And, so that's a, a good way of uh, taking the pain without, without making it worse. I think I'd rather take, now I'd rather take the spiritual pain if I have to. I ain't asking for it, God. I'm just saying if I have to. Uh, I think I'd rather take the physical pain than the, now always, that I know about the spiritual pain. Because the spiritual pain makes you feel like you're going to die. You're just going to die. It, it makes it feel like it make it feel like life is over, or is it, or you feel afraid, or, or like it's like you're in darkness. And you just don't know what to expect. At least with the physical pain, your eyes are wide open, and you still can see, and you know the body gonna heal. But that spiritual pain is a little rougher. It's different than that. Wait, you know, but- when you used to get whoopings, it was always the mental stuff was always worse as you got older than the, the physical whoopings. They don't you don't feel them anymore. Yeah, amazing. I was walking past someone the other day, and uh, I went like this, like I'm going to hit them. I went, oh, and they went, oh. I'm like, why are you jumping? I didn't even hit you. They felt pain. I didn't even hit them. That's all in the mind. Is that something? Okay. Thank you, Frank. We have a lot of super chats, but let's okay. get to some calls first. All right. Um, Patrick in New York City is on the line and wants to answer the biblical question. Patrick, thank you. Uh, welcome to church, Patrick. Why is stillness so important? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Stillness is important because it allows a man to access courage and strength. You, and when you say courage and strength, what do you mean? The strength to face the issues of life, to deal with temptations, and the courage to be honest and fight the war between good and evil. So, for instance, like with me, I notice I've been doing the silent prayer more. Not as much as I'm supposed to, but more. And Why are you do not it, doing it the way you sh- as much as you should? I don't have a good excuse. Oh, that's amazing. And the reason I ask, because I hear this from not a lot of folks, but some people. And I've been doing it for 31 years, and I don't miss a day or a night. And now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm grown so much in that awareness that I find myself even doing work time and during the daytime, I'm more aware uh, because it is a warfare between good and evil. And Satan is so happy when you're not aware all the time because he knows he can get in or send some of his little demons, sit, sit them upon your shoulders and deceive you. So you do what you want, of course, but because you might like to suffer more 
But you're making a, a horrible mistake by not doing it every day because God said we should do it without ceasing, meaning that we should always be in the present with him because the demons are always trying to bring you into their present. And so you don't really have, you don't have time to rest. And yet when I say you don't have time to rest, it's mean that you cannot, you should not not be present. You know what I mean? Yes, no, I, I understand the vigilance. Yes, and I would encourage you, Patrick, to do what you want, but I would recommend you do it all the time, and it's not going to be like work. It's just going to be you communicating with your father so you can stay in line with him. And it's, after a while, it'll just become uh, a way of life for you. It wouldn't be a big deal at all. It'd become normal. Right. Thank you, Patrick. You know, I appreciate it. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, I notice almost because, you know, the subject is stillness. With COVID, you could think in my head, society itself is still. And, like, I notice I'm more able to answer the biblical questions. Like, I'm able to actually think about it. Right on. And give a real response. Whereas before, I just, I wouldn't even understand the question. Well, so, stay with the thank- prayer. Stay with the prayer. Speak up. Don't resent. Doubt every thought. You haven't seen anything, Patrick. It gets better. All right. Thank you so much, sir. All right, buddy. Thank you for calling. Let's get to Josh in Georgia, also about the biblical question. Josh, thank, uh, welcome to church. Why is stillness so important? Yes, um, I would say because it um, it, it kind of helps me connect with uh, what it slows me down and helps me make um, better. Uh, well, I want to say it clears my head because I have an example in that. Uh, I think I heard you say it a few months ago that um like. I recall a time when I lost my keys in my house, and um, I uh, I couldn't find it anywhere. I'm I'm all panicking and looking in a bunch of different places, and then I just kind of just got frustrated and just sat down for a minute and just sat. I didn't know what to do, you know, because I couldn't leave. Right. And that's when it came to me. It's like do you remember? Oh, okay, I left it in the door. Right on. And it's and it's just like that. Like that being still is. I guess it connects you with your intuition. Okay. And one nice that's thing how- about that. As yeah. you were growing in this, um, in the light of your father, what you're going to notice is that you already knew the truth. You already knew everything or know everything, and everything's going to be like a reminder. It's not going to be, yeah. it's, it's not going to be a surprise. It's going to be as though you already knew it, and that is because everything you want. Everything you need, everything you are is inside of you, and you already know the truth. You're just coming back to it. And you right. will be reminded in the same way you were reminded about where you had laid your keys. Yep. Amazing. Exactly right. Thank Sounds you, man. Good. I appreciate no it. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. Amazing. Um, catch the Thought gave a couple of diamonds asking. Thank you, Catch the Thought. Did Adam have anger given not being born of a woman? Because he wasn't born of a woman. 
He was born of the woman when he believed the woman. When he be, because prior to Adam believing Eve, who had believed Satan, Adam had a one-on-one relationship with his father. And they communicated without words. They, he, no anger, no fear, no doubt, no nothing, because he was one with his father. And then once the woman came and convinced him to believe her, she had believed into the lie. She had become one with Satan. She was like totally one with him. Prior to that, she was one with Adam. But when she listened to Satan, she had become one with him. And then because she believed a lie from Satan, then she went and said, Adam, you know what? Believe me, I'm telling you the truth. Let's move to Florida. (laughs) I got a job in Florida. It's going to be better. And Adam believed it. And once he believed the woman who had believed the serpent, then he was born of her. That's why men made women their God. And Christ came and reversed that order. It is back to normal in reality, but you have to be born again of the spirit and overcome the woman, flesh, born of the flesh, all right, her nature, which is really not her nature, but her daddy's nature, Satan. Because once she repent and born of the spirit, then she'll be back to logical mind as well. So he did get the anger once he was yeah, he had no anger until he believed Eve and was born of her spirit, which was of Satan. That's why I said in opening that it is abnormal out of nature, abnormal nature for men to be angry. Men would not have be, uh, become angry if Adam had not believed the lie and if they were not born through the mother. Through the woman, they would not. Men would not know anger at all. Can you imagine that? That is so amazing. That's why once you're born again of the Father, you come back to the Father. You take away the spirit of anger because that spirit made a home in you when you resented your mother as a kid, and you were born through her. So you hate all women, but once you are born of the Father, you don't have any anger anymore. It's gone. You can raise your voice. You can uh, operate in authority, but you feel no anger. It's not there. It's been taken away from you. It's abnormal for men to have anger. That's why I said that I say sometimes, maybe a lot, that any man who has anger is a woman. Any man. I don't care how macho, how many gyms you go through, how many, whatever you do, if you're a male, you have anger, you're a woman. That's why you must be born again of the Father. Come back to your normal nature. That's why you see a lot of men turning into women and or dra- uh, drag queens and all that because they have the woman nature. So they literally feel like a woman. They have their mother's identity. That spirit is in the body and it's made a home in them. So when they say, oh, I was born that way. They believe it because they feel that way. They have that woman's spirit. I was talking to, oh, I think a friend of mine, I don't know if he wanted me to say, but he was telling me that he was at the beach somewhere yesterday. And some white guy was walking down the beach with tight shorts on and had his shirt off. And he had he had, had surgery, had a woman's breast. But he was a guy walking on the beach 
with no shirt on. I'm like, what the? I asked him, did you laugh? Was everybody laughing? He's like, no. I said to him, I would have at least went, what the? He's walking down the beach because they're so bold with it now. Uh, uh, can you imagine that being a man? The rest of you is, is man, male. Up here you got women breasts and you have no shirt on. I wish, I wish that person had took a picture of that. <laughs> had taken a picture of that. That would have been something else. Amazing. Let's get to Samuel in Sweden. He's on the line. Hey, Samuel, welcome to church. Yeah, thanks. I wanted to, first of all, uh, congratulate you uh, at your birthday, you know. Oh, thank you, man. It's amazing. I am older than dirt. God made me, and then he made dirt for me to walk on. You know, and I also, first of all, uh, all, I want to thank you, because I know that God is using you. I mean, we have nothing in ourselves that's good, but... I mean, I'm really, really thankful that I found you two years ago and how amazing this has changed my life. You're welcome, Samuel. Uh, I also one thing I want to say, that, then I, one thing I do want to say about the pain we talk about in the soul of the belly, uh, yeah. when you're in that pain, Satan is telling you, oh, it's not working. You are not born again. You are this or that. Don't believe that, folks, when he tells you that because he want to keep throwing lies at you in order to get you to overreact and overreact and overreact and overreact. He tried to bring you back to him. Don't fall for it. Go ahead, Samuel. Yeah, I, I want to say that something I noticed is that uh, previous, before I uh, started to do silent prayer, uh, I had a hard time giving a straight answer. But nowadays, I use, if someone asks me something, I just try to give a straight answer. I yes. can. It, and I notice now, now, when I talk to people, that other people have real pro- big problem with giving a straight answer. It's like they delight at the sides of everything. Yeah. And I was talking with a Christian man, uh, and the question about female creatures came up, and I asked him, uh, do you think, uh, are you okay with female creatures? And he couldn't answer, he gave me a straight answer. Uh, he just quoted this and that, and I realized that, even if he sounds Christian and godly, I, it feels like it's the tongue of Satan when someone has a problem with giving a straight answer. It's like it's like creepy in a way now when I look at it. That you know, if you can be all this good person, but if you can't be straight, if you can't just you give a clear answer, then then something is wrong. That's something I observed. Yeah, I wish the Christians would get to know themselves. And they would see that they've been taught the wrong way, that they are playing, playing like pretending they have a relationship with God, and they really don't because it's the intellect have learned about him, but they don't know him. But they've been so brainwashed, as my sister was saying, they've been so brainwashed with the Bible, with the way a Christian should or should not act, or the way a preacher should or should not act. It's all learned stuff. And so when you ask them serious questions as you've done, they don't have any answers because they don't really know the truth. They know about it, but they don't know it. Yeah, and I can also try to answer your biblical question if you want. Um, why is stillness so important? 
Because stillness is the nature of God, and if you're a child of God, it has to be still. Amazing. Yeah. I appreciate that, Samuel. I'm going to put my two cents in in a minute. Thank you for, your, for being a part of the church. I appreciate it. Yeah, I thank you. Have All a right. Sunday. Right on. You too, buddy. Thank you. Uh, I want to ask Chris. I don't know if I asked him, the white guy. Uh, uh, you know, he's all holy. What's Chris. up? <laughs> so, Chris, my uh, social media guy, why is stillness so important? Stillness is important because it uh, <clears throat> it allows you to stay in the moment. Uh, you won't be thinking about the past or the future. Uh, like like it says, be still and know God. That's the, it says be still first and then you'll know God. And I mean, that's the, that's the goal is, is to know God. So be still. Um, that's, that's why it's so important. Amazing. Uh, have you ever gone to the bank and your driver's license was up for renewal? Um, you know how to ask you, let me see your ID. Yeah. You mean my driver's license was expired? Yeah. And so they didn't. They, they, they said it that, wasn't a... They had, I went to the bank yesterday, yeah. Saturday. My birthday was Friday. Right. And I was supposed to renew my license before the 22nd. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, so I forgot all about it because I got a letter in the mail from the department. I had tried to go down there and renew them on the, uh, a month ago, but they said, oh, because of the Chinese virus, you... We, you have to wait until July or something. They sent me a letter. So I walk into the bank yesterday, give the woman my deposit and my ID, and, and then I, I, I noticed she called a manager over. And I'm like, what the? And he was like, you'll drive like a spy. We can't take you. I'm like, oh, no, you know me. I've been coming here 30 <laughs> he years. He said it like that, like a slave master. <laughs> <laughs> Your driver's license is expired, boy. <laughs> and I said, oh, uh, I forgot because it just happened my birthday yesterday. But uh, they sent me a letter and they said, I can't, I can't um, renew them until July because of the Chinese virus. I was talking to a Chinese guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he, was he looked Chinese. He may be Japanese or something. And And I said... But why is that important anyway? You, you see my face on the driver's license. Mm-hmm. And the birthday is expired yesterday, but you see that it's me, and plus I've been coming here. He's like, yeah, I know who you are, but you, you, you need to have your driver's license thing updated. I said, I know that. I'm going to do that. I'm like, why are you bothering with that? You're not the DMV, and you ain't no police. <laughs> He, he, rec- uh, he recognized you, though? Yeah. Well, then who cares? He said, I know who you are. But I want to know why is it that the driver's license have to be updated with the birth date for the, at, the, at the bank? It's just a bank. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's a... The, the rule is a little bit strange. I mean, and here he is. It's like, here's my driver's license. Yeah. You see my face as an ID on there. Why I got to say my exact birthday? Well, I think the... Because illegal aliens don't do that. They be lying about their birthday. Yeah. They be lying about who they are. Well, I think what what's going on here is 
why does the driver's license expire? I know. Like, they should just give it to you, and it's like, here you go. I'm going to go there tomorrow or Tuesday. I'm going to well, why do I need my driver's license to save my birthday? You know what I'm saying? I don't understand that part. Yeah, I understand if they want an ID if they want one. But it doesn't seem like the driver's like I mean, the birthday should matter. Yeah. But they made it seem like it was a big deal. Yeah. They could never tell me why it was important. I'm like, why is that important? You're not the DMV. You're not the police. Why do you need my birthday to be correct? You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, just because it's expired in this scenario, just because it's expired, it's still it's still, it's still identification. If you were driving and it's right. expired, I guess the cops have a case there. But the bank is like, oh yeah, just because yeah, you know, just because the license has expired, yeah, it's still an identification down the road card. While black, I can understand it. <laughs> yeah, were you out, you were out jogging or something? <laughs> you were jogging down the street and then you had to go into the bank. <laughs> It's amazing, man. But I just wonder, I'm going to find out from the bank this week why that is. Why is that so important? What's the rule on that? Who may, why is that important? Anyway, all right, thank you, Chris. Thank you. All right. Yes, sir. So I know of another way you can, you can kind of, uh, you know, the pinch test that I just mentioned. Yes. Another really good one is uh, not answering your cell phone for an hour, not paying attention to it. And watching yourself as you feel it buzz or hear it ring, and the pain that you feel to answer that phone to, and, and you'll just watch your mind try to think about somebody's trying to call you, and enduring that is is a kind of dying to yourself because people have made their phones their gods. Yeah, I noticed that the spiritual pain in your body it's not like a physical pain in that. It seemed to be all over you. You know what I'm saying? It's like everything hurt. <laughs> it's like you can't touch it. You only feel it, and it feels like something is happening in you. And it's not like you can run in the bathroom, put some alcohol on it, rub it, and it'll feel better, or run to the doctor. It's like, and this is why it's like it's you. It seems like something is happening there, and you're going to die or something, or... It just you're gonna go broke or you're gonna it makes you have fear. It's not it's not like a physical pain. It because you can't touch it. Hey, when you run to the doctor, they'll give you a pill to make you forget it for a minute. But as soon as that pill wear off pill wear off, wears off, it's back again. It seemed to be a little different. Yes, you Think, I, think about it too is that thoughts make it worse too yeah. so it's like it's like you can't escape it? it because you start thinking like okay well because everything kind of starts coming from that feeling sure like, oh this means this this means this and then it gets deeper and deeper so it's not like a physical pain where you feel that pain and it's just going to hurt as it hurts right this one either gets worse or better you make a very good point you know how when you're in that spiritual pain you believe the lie so you fell into it and then why you're like mad about it or uh, Satan's constantly feeding you. Right. Oh, you just, oh, your mama died. Oh, <laughs> oh you, you, you lost your wallet. Oh, oh, your woman left you or something. It's keep feeding you and it makes it worse. Sure. And then you want to run outside and jump off the bridge. <laughs> Until you kill yourself. And, you, and you're overreacting to so much of it. You feel like killing is, he could convince you that life is over. It's hopeless.
But that's why, yeah, people lose it because it's, it's so uncontrollable. They think and they don't know to just relax and it'll be fine in like yeah. an hour. Yeah. They think like you think like, you know, this is the end. Like this it's is over. It. <laughs> it, it's like the fat lady saying, <laughs> and it's over. And but it does get better. But what happens when you take that pain? In that moment, you feel so weak. But if you just take it without escaping, have no name for it, feel the same way you feel about it when you don't have the pain. Feel the same. They're both imposter. You are getting stronger. So when it comes again, you know what you're dealing with, and you're willing to go through it. Because now you know that it's not the end of life. Amazing. Yes, sir. Let's get to Kurt in Houston. He's on the line. Hey, Kurt, welcome to church. Man, I'm so happy to be on the show. Thank you. You're welcome. It's not the show. It's a church. <laughs> uh, I hope it's a church. Y'all better be talking about all kinds of sins on here now. You know, all the devil children. I'd like to say, man, uh, you know, I, I was listening to your biblical question. And, man, I was... I'm just sitting here in disgust. I almost threw up listening to that. I mean, America is sick. I mean, the mom should be locked up right now. You know what I'm saying? So why is stillness? Why is stillness so important? What is what? The biblical question: Why is stillness so important? Because you want to be still, so God can work in your life. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be making bad decisions. You want to be still and let God run it. Amazing. Ask on it. Pray on it. But, I appreciate you know, that, Kerr. I don't want to get into politics. We'll do that on the radio. Hey, can I say one more thing? Real fast. It says in the Bible, it says, Man shall not put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are an abomination to the Lord. Anytime a man puts on a woman's dress, you are committing an abomination. Same thing with homosexuals. That's all in the Bible. A homosexual is an abomination to the Lord. Don't listen to these fools on the radio. Don't listen to these fools on TV talking this crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? These people need to understand. There's not that many homosexuals in this world. All right? There's not that many drag queens in this world. But they put them on TV every day. You're right. Kerr, we'll talk about this on the radio. Thanks for your call, buddy. I appreciate it. All right. Yes. Amazing. We'll deal with all the other politics tomorrow. I had to get to him. He was waiting an hour. So. Yeah. Clarkson is in Alabama. Sweet home Alabama. Clarkson, welcome to church. Hello? How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? All is well. You're... This is not This is not Clarkson. This is Clinton. <laughs> oh, Clinton. I don't know. James said Clarkson. I can't believe James. How do you spell Clinton? It, he spelled Clinton K. I mean C L A R K S O N. <laughs> That's Nick. He Mexican. <laughs> oh, Jesse, how you doing? All is well. Welcome to church. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesse. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Jesse, I want to share something with you. Let me tell you this first. Congratulations. I know your daughter is graduating from high school. I guess she did it already, right? Last month? Yeah, they had a little walk across the um, stage graduation. Well, congratulations to your first child graduating from high school. Go ahead. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. Yes, I just wanted, I was sitting out on the porch with my family. Uh, you know, here in the country, I was sitting out on the porch. Yeah, you, you're going to see it. It's a nice porch if you ever come visit. All right. But anyway, you know, CJ plays baseball every year for like the last two or three years, right? How old is he now? 
He's 11. Okay. And um, he came out there and, you know, sit down with us, and he's like, Dad, I need to tell you something. And I say, what's that, CJ? I don't really want to play baseball this year. I'm like, what? And we all kind of shocked. <laughs> and as, as the conversation went on, he started crying. So keep in mind his mom, his sister, and myself were sitting on the porch. Yeah. And um, we're like, what's wrong? Just say what's wrong. And he couldn't do it. You know, he just, I'm like, CJ, what's wrong with you? So finally, his mom and his, and, uh, his sister got up and left. And I'm like, man, talk to me. And he looked at me and said, um, um, I don't want to play no more because you, the only reason I was playing is because you called me lazy. Oh, and wow. I could see it, you know, like the evil in his eyes. You know, I could, I'm like, because I call you lazy? He said, yeah. And at that point, I knew that even at 11 years old, man, Satan had got in his head. Yeah. And, and I'm like, CJ, listen, man, I love you. There's no way that I would um, um, call you lazy out of, you know, hating you. And it's just, that's like a father-son motivation, just trying to get you to work hard. But, CJ, this is a good example that Satan has gotten in your mind even at 11 years old. Yeah. He has no age limit on it. It don't It don't matter. Whoever he can get in there and try to traumatize, he does it. Yeah. And That's I, amazing. I had to call in because it was, you know, every week you seem like you come up with something that I've been going through that week. Right on. So long story short, I get up this morning, I call the family meeting, and I talk about exactly what you were saying. I told them that, you know, I made an example of CJ, how he's the youngest in the house. But, you know, the devil don't pick and choose. You know, he, yeah. he goes at them all. He don't care what age. And we got to become aware of this stuff. It's real. We all got to pray so we can have something to help us fight against this stuff. Because we can't help ourselves. CJ couldn't, did not want to do this. And he's supposed to start practice Tuesday. And he just would have been up there, you know, miserable. Because yeah. he's up there for me and not for him. And then as he got older, if he had stayed with it, he might become a good baseball player, but he would be doing it because he was trying to prove to you he wasn't lazy, right. and he resent you for that. And he'll right. end up becoming a player, but he'll end up being a drug addict, right. in and out of relationships, children everywhere, unhappy, alcoholic, because he did it out of resentment, not out of something that he wanted to do. And right. I think yeah, so he's like he's like night and day right now. Even his mom was night talking about, about him. Like, wow, she you can see the difference in his his attitude and everything has yep. has changed. That's right. Saint got in his mind, and I have to tell you, man, you are fortunate to be close to him, and he's close to you. That he was able to come to you at such an early age and tell you that, and you can clear it up right away. Because most kids are not growing up close to their fathers where they can go to their fathers and tell them what's happening like that. So you're very right. fortunate, and so is he. Right. But just I must say that, man, um, I couldn't have done this without you and Bond, you know. And I, I can't talk long because I'm about to cry. <laughs> you about to bring I, the mama out of me. Yeah. I really appreciate you, man. I really, really, really do. And I told them that, you know, it's fortunate that we have – uh, friends and family like you guys, you know, because we, that's where we started from. Yeah. And that's what we still have now, so. Yeah. Well, you're totally right. welcome, man. And the fact that you, your kids have a father and a mother who are aware 
This is what God's plan is for men and women to get married, have babies, but for the men and women to be perfect, to be aware, so that when Satan does uh, tell the children, the kids can go to the father and mother and talk to them about it, and they can help clear it up right away. They don't have to wait until they get old and out of control. Right. That's amazing, man. You are welcome. Yeah, man. I, I just had to, to share that with you. Well, I definitely appreciate that. And tell everybody I said hello and congratulations to Casey for graduating um, uh, this year from high school. Also, okay. Jer Jeremiah had his little graduation the other day. It was all on camera. You know how they do it on camera thing? Yeah, that's pretty much how they did here. They do it from home. And they were messing up on the camera, and whoever working in camera, whoever they were, they didn't know what they were doing, so we never did see Jeremiah on camera. Oh man! Too bad. Like, were you there? <laughs> <laughs> he was all in his cap and gown and everything. His father and mother had put balloons up around him, like congratulations, oh. graduation. We never saw Jeremiah on camera yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how stuff is. They have to even do it like that. These I days. know it's so unfortunate, but that's what's happening. Well, I really appreciate this, man. Thank you. And your son is blessed to have parents like you guys. Yeah, man. But thank you because you, you paved the way for me, Jess, I must say. And I really appreciate it. I really do. You're totally welcome. God bless you. Thank you for your call. What do they call you? Claxton? Claxton. Claxton? You need to find him for that. <laughs> it's Clinton. Nick says, Nick says, I said, Clarkson? And he said, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Amazing. Thank you, Clay. Right, I'll talk to you, man. All right, buddy. Thank you. Amazing. See, folks, that's why you gotta come to order. You gotta return to the father. Date. If you want to date, no sex. Do it the right way. And when the man and the woman realize they are for each other, get married so that you can stay in the order of God. Cause this is a this spiritual battle is real. You don't hear the preachers talking about it. You don't hear people talking about it anymore because they're trying to make the intellect the new religion, right? But um, it's a spiritual battle. And when you start a family, you got to be aware so you, your kids would know. First of all, you'll be a living example, and your kids will be able to come to you, and you can help them overcome that spirit, show them how to overcome it. Because his son could have felt angry that his father had called him lazy and so he went out to prove to his father that he didn't want, that he could play baseball he's not lazy and but he wouldn't have been happy doing it it would have been out of anger with the raw spirit and as he got older that would have turned into something else anger would turn into drinking and uh, drugs and all kind of stuff because he never dealt with it. But now that the son dealt with it, he's over it now. The evil has been revealed. Now he's not possessed with that anymore. You got to love your, love your children enough to do it the right way. Really, you should love God with all your heart, soul, and might. Return to the Father, and it'll be done right. And then you can start a new generation, a generation of love instead of a generation of hate. Your kids don't have to go through what you went through if you become a living example. Okay. Red Green Show gave a super chat and asks, Thank you. Do you have to respect someone to love them and vice versa? That's a really good question. 
when you have God's love, when you overcome that fallen state love, the fake love, which is not real, and you have perfect love, you have love for everyone. And in love for everyone, there is no such thing as disrespect. You don't even think in that way because you can see where all people are coming from and you can see that they can't help it, whether it's something that they're doing out of order or not. You literally see that they can't help it. So you don't lose respect. You know, you just you don't lose love for them. You wish them well. You don't judge them. You don't go and gossip about them. You don't listen to gossip about them. And that's what love does. But if you were in a fallen state and had this phony thing called respect, it's easy to turn on them and judge them and not respect them. Respect respect is fake. Love from God's love is real. Everything else is fake. Digital Nomad asks, when Satan talks to us, are yeah. we hearing his voice with our spirit or our brain? You're hearing his voice with your spirit because the brain is a physical function. The brain is to make the body work, to, uh, to pump the blood, to make the fingers move, to make you go to the bathroom and all that. Um, and to learn math, learn how to build a house. But the spirit is what you're hearing with your spirit. He, because you are a spirit, and Satan is a spirit, made a home in you, pretending to be you. And so the real you, which is of God, is wrestling with that. That's why Satan tried to convince you that it's real you. You are your thoughts, you are your imagination, and you're not. And that's why when you be still and take the pain, that war is happening between the light and the darkness. It'll fight your battle for you. Your father will fight for you. But it's with the spirit. It's not with the brains. I have a lot of super chat answers and, to the biblical question. Okay. And people used to know this because in the older days when boys were boys and men were men, they, they knew you were possessed. And they knew you needed to be rebuked of that spirit, lay hands on you. And I think the Catholic Church used to do it a lot. Am I right, Frankie? The Catholic Church used to like send the priest over to your house. Is that right? And they would throw water on you and, uh, and heal you. I remember um, before I started Bond, growing up, I saw and believed that you could lay hands on people if you are a Christian. You can lay hands on people and heal them because you knew it was the spirit. And I used to do it to, you know, lay hands on people and heal them and because I didn't doubt it. I knew it could happen because that's the way I was raised and I had seen it. And so one time I, someone called me up and said, hey, can you come to the hospital and lay hands on that person? Because they were sick in the hospital. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll be over there. And so I went over and the person was sick, but you could see that the person had a spirit in them. So I laid hands on him, and I felt like it went in my hand. I'm like, what the? And, I, and that was the last time I ever laid hands on anyone. So what I did from that point is start using the cross to rebuke the spirit instead of laying my hands on him. Because I don't want that thing in me. <laughs> but it's a spirit. You about to say about the Catholic Church? Didn't the priest used to go over to your house and lay, and lay the, the holy water on you or something? Well, yeah, they, they 
They believe that when they used to believe uh, the spirit and the soul, yeah. that, it's, that it's more present than reality we live in. That's that's what they believed in, and they believe they can go out and and t- you know e- send evil spirits out of people, yeah. evil spirits out of h- houses. Out of houses, and things, I remember that because evil spirits. The Christians uh, used to do that too. Yeah, and so that's that's what the Catholics, but the Catholics don't go to your house and rebuke the spirits anymore, right? They kind of well, some do. The very conservative ones, yeah, they become very liberalized. Yeah, amazing. But it's a spirit. And if, if you don't hear about this growing up with your parents or at your church, you forget that you're possessed in that fallen state. And that spirit caused you to do the things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. But when you're born again of the spirit of God, then that spirit caused you to do the things that you would do to be right and do right. Good question. Before we get to any of those super chat answers to your biblical question, let me get to Mike in Massachusetts. Hey, Mike, welcome to church. How you doing? All is well. well all is well, Mike. How are you? All is well. Good. I just wanted to call and try to answer the biblical question. Why is stillness so important? Yes, when you say the silent prayer and the video, in the end of the video, yes, you say um, if you if you have bad thoughts in your mind, in your head, just be still and let them pass because they, if you get, if they get a reaction out of you, yeah. you jump up and run, the spirit will stay with you Yeah, it won't leave you. But if you be still, it'll pass. One thing for sure, Mike, if you don't overreact to anything, Satan cannot control you. Satan cannot control you. His children cannot control you. But the moment you overreact, they're convinced that they got you. And they'll go after it, after it, after it, and with the intent, the intent to destroy you or control you. But in stillness, if you don't overreact, it's amazing. Yep. Now, I've noticed when I've done it myself, sometimes if I move around a little bit, yes. I can tell that it wasn't as best, it wasn't as good as just sitting there and not moving at all. So <laughs> you can definitely tell a difference. That's right. Sometimes you move by accident. Right. And when you're sitting there and, and you go through all these different things, if you go through anything, say you're trying to convince you that the devil got you, whatever, just don't overreact. Just sit quietly. God is with you and you will overcome. Don't, you're right. Don't overreact. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. You're very welcome. Happy late birthday as well. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You know how old I am? I don't. I do not know. I'm 71, they say. 71? Yes. You look great for 71. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. I believe my parents made a mistake. I think I was born later, but because they were on the plantation, they didn't know the calendar years. I I think they made a mistake because I don't feel that way at all. Not one iota. I could beat Joel and James and all of them put together. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, man. You're very welcome. Have a great one, okay? All right. Thanks for the birthday wish. You're welcome. Okay. Yes, thanks. All right. A few super chats. Uh, Lin Yen Chin says, so taking the pain as you describe is spiritual equivalent to fasting? Taking the pain. Oh, that's a good question. I would say yes. I never thought of it. Amazing. Absolutely. Right now, I say yes. If I see it differently, I'll let you know, but... It sounds good to me. 
<laughs> Bob Anderson says, Be still, know yourself, and know God. And Open Your Eyes gave a super chat and said, Thank you. In my, in my experience, practicing stillness is important because it's helping me sit with the pain and not run away from it. That's right. I'm still in process, waiting to see what God shows me about me. One step at a time, it's going to be amazing. Uh, and I want to make it clear, we're talking about the spiritual pain, not the physical pain. If you got physical pain, go see your doctor or, or put some alcohol on it or temp time or something. The PR guy says, in stillness, we are one with God. Deep. Thank you. And there's a, I, have a, I have a bunch more, but let's see. Uh, Rob Bob Tim says, I've smoked on it. Yes, during church. All in the name of Jesus. We must be still to use the mind of the belly. The mind of the senses has been run amok by the devil. That's for sure. We must be still to cut our heads off. Not literally, of course, but close enough. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. And let's quickly get to Jim, if we can, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hey, Jim, welcome to church. Hello, Jesse. Thank, thank you very much for having me. Yes, sir. Quick, quick question. Um, a lot of people suffer from intrusive thoughts. Yes. And you're sort of talking about that today. Do those come from a satanic influence? 100%. Or is that just part of the human condition? No, it comes from satanic influence. You've been possessed, and now he's trying to influence you to destroy you. Okay. Absolutely. And so so the, the remedy is when you have these intrusive thoughts is to be still and not react to them? Yes, sir. But the first remedy is, is to go and forgive so that God can forgive you and he'll fight the battle for you. Otherwise, if you don't forgive, that's what those spirits live off. They live off an unforgiven heart. And because an unforgiving heart will always react to those thoughts, to those spirits. But if you forgive, then you have uh, a recourse there. You have God in you. You have Christ. You have the Holy Spirit. And they will fight your battle for you because there's nothing you can do about it. That spirit in your mind lives off your resentment, your hatred. So you must forgive. Otherwise, you can't overcome it. Yeah. Have you done that? Okay. You know, I, I'm just I'm just thinking about my life, and yeah, there, there's definitely some some things that I haven't, some some situations, some people I haven't forgiven. And have you forgiven your parents? Be, um, um, let me know. I, I I hope so. You went to them. Oh, pardon? Did you go to your parents and forgive them? No, not not yet. Well, why are you hoping so you haven't done it? Yeah, it's definitely something that, that needs to needs to occur. Why did you say, I hope so, when I asked you, had you gone and forgiven? You said, I hope so. Had, when I asked you, had you forgiven, why did you say, I hope so? What was that about? Um, it, it, it's, it's something that, that, I, that I should do. I hope is isn't going to, you know, take care of it. Right, but when I asked, had you forgiven, you said, I hope so. As though you had done it. 
Yeah, I, it's, it's something that probably needs to be taken care of. Why you haven't gone and forgiven your mother and returned to your father? Why haven't you done it? You've heard me say that before, right? Yeah, I have. Why haven't you done it already? I'm just, I'm not like punishing you. I'm just asking for information's sake. Why haven't you done it? I, I think, you know, a lot of people, it's just an uncomfortable conversation and we, we try to avert and avoid and well i'm not talking about we i'm talking about you why haven't you done it yeah. there's probably a fear there is there a fear or not yeah i and, i'd imagine so and and what are you afraid of just the reaction um what what that conversation would be like, you know, the unknown. And what do you think would happen if you went to your mother and forgive, forgave her and returned to your father? What do you think would happen with your mother if you went to her? I, I, I think that it's, it's something that, that should be done. I, I think that uh, we, we could get on, on, on good terms. And... Um, what would happen if you forgave your father? You went to him. Um, probably a, a similar reaction. Yeah. My parents are pretty understanding. How old are you? Uh, 30. 30? Go and yeah. forgive, man, so you can be free. The only reason you're afraid of your parents is because you're, especially your mother, you resent your mother uh, because you were born through her. She is your God. She's played victim, she's played bully, she's played phony love, and now she controls you. And because you resent her, she will always have control of you. You will always have fear of her. And every woman that comes into your life, you will fear them as well. They will control you because they are your gods. And you go and forgive, then the role will switch. And you can love your mother with God's love through you in the right way. It will, it will, it's going to blow your mind if you went and did it. Yeah. And don't have any expectation. You don't want to get along with her or you don't want to not get along with her. You're going there to forgive so God can forgive you and bring you back to your natural state of being. And the real you, in the real you, there is no fear. There is no doubt. There is no worry. There is no trying to be like someone else. There is no comparing yourself to someone. You just be. You just become yourself. Like you were when you were a child before your mother traumatized you. Okay. I would recommend you do it, man. Uh, it's up to you, though. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's all... It's on me. It's definitely important. I, and I, I appreciate what, what you talked about today with the, um, the intrusive thoughts. That was very interesting. Right on. Thank you. Thanks for okay, being brother, a part of the church, sir. All right, buddy. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, sir. All right. I want you all to know it doesn't matter how many Bibles, how many churches, how much money you have, if you're black, white, Mexican, Japanese, Chinese. Oh! Oh, rice. Um, <laughs> Philippine. It doesn't matter. If you don't go forgive, I don't care if you're doing Buddha or 
Catholic or whomever, if you don't go forgive, you will not be forgiven and you will suffer. You got to go. And if Satan taught you out of going, oh, I want to forgive my mama, my mama loved you. If you want to live that way, that's fine, but nothing's going to change until you are born of the Spirit of the Father. There will come a day when I return the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children. That means adult and young, all right, children. And so it's up to you, but I recommend you go and forgive. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever have to do. Have no expectation. They don't have to apologize. You forgive them. Love your father, your earthly father, and the rest is easy. So the pain that we've been talking about all morning, you will come to endure it and overcome. Really, you will get better, and no one can put you on drugs and medication or that mess. All right? Just FYI. Okay. Tim on Periscope asked a while back, is it good what I do on the weekends, feeding the homeless? Most people who are feeding the homeless are no good because they're getting ego gratification from it. So since I'm not with you, I don't know. That's why it's so important to get to know yourself because I know a whole lot of folks who are feeding the homeless and they feel so good about it. And they want everybody to know. They want you to take pictures and put them on the internet because they feel good. They feel holy. But just because you, um, just because you feed the poor, uh, you hold up holy hands if you don't forgive when you read that white gate pearly gate and Jesus come down and they're like who are you my name is John Doe and I fed the homeless go away I don't know you that didn't get you saved you didn't return to the father by feeding the homeless so you need to know for yourself that's why it's important to know thyself alright we'll run out of time so we need to move a little faster Let's get to TJ in Georgia. TJ. TJ or DJ? TJ. TJ, welcome to church. Thank you, Jesse. Good morning. Good morning, sir. I really wanted to represent the women and say happy birthday. You are, uh, the young man was speaking about, you know, how how you look, and I'm just going to say you're still fine as wine to me. (laughs) Black don't crack. It don't. It does not. <laughs> Thank I, you. I have, I have some more of those delicious Georgia pecans coming your way. Amazing. And this I, time, I'm not going to get any of them to my staff. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and that would be, uh, 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 yeah, Nick and, and everybody else. Right. Um, my question is, I was thinking about the biblical question, but I, I, I don't think that I'm able to answer it right now. But I did want to get your opinion on, you told me about a year or so ago to leave my church and to leave my pastor because I remember um, when something came up with um, Donald Trump and something he, he, oh, when he was impeached. And... My first lady stood up in the middle of church when the pastor said, you know, Donald Trump has been impeached. She stood up because it occurred on a weekday on a Bible study. She stood up and said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's amazing. I just felt so disheartened and angry. And you told me to leave that church immediately. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I've been slowly backing away because I've been involved in a couple of ministries, and I, I felt so guilted about just walking away. I I don't know, though, what to say. He's beginning to do things like preach out of these made-up uh, Bible translations and things like that. I don't know what to say to those around me. The, the individuals I really love and care about, and I've known for many, many years. I understand How that. do I withdraw from them? What happened to me, I, I remember when I was really trying to understand, and this was before I asked God to let me see myself. I would go to church, and uh, they would have these men fellowships and things like that. And they would have it where you could ask preachers, your pastor, your pastor, a question. And so I remember I stood, a lot of men were there too, a bunch of men were there. It was at a pastor's breakfast or something. And I stood up and I asked the pastor, I said to the pastor, how do I get over my fear and and all that? I said that uh, I, I read the Bible. I, you know, I work at your church. I have... Uh, I give donations and all that. I, at that time, I was doing that that um, friend, friend and tongue thing they had taught me, which is yeah. a big mistake, by the way. But um, I was doing that, and I said, and I stood up and I asked, "How do I get over the fear and the insecurity that I have?" And he said, "Well, you need to read the Bible more." And I said to him. I've already, I read the Bible, I read the Bible, it's still not working. And then he got mad and he said, that's, well, that's all I can tell you. You just need to read the Bible. And the people, the men applauded and stuff like that. And I knew at that moment I was done with him because I could see that he didn't have the answer. And I left the church. And then when they asked me why, I said I left because the preacher can't help me. He can't point me in the mm -hmm. right direction. And so you should let your friends know you're leaving because... Uh, if you want to leave because you're, you're, the preacher is not able to help you. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and don't hate the preacher. Don't gossip about the preacher. Don't listen to gossip about the preacher. But just say he's not able to help me. And so that's why I'm leaving. And I think most people understand that. Do you also, that's awesome advice, do you also think that the fellowship that I get from reading and communi reading the Bible, not studying, but just, you know, right. spending some time in my, you know, my silent prayers throughout the day and um, my reading, that that is enough um, commune time. Like, it is, I, do you see it necessary for me to be in fellowship with other people? I mean, you guys are about the only fellowship that I'm, doing right now so is that sufficient um fellowship with like-minded people is amazing but uh what i would recommend since you don't know what to do at this point you don't see the if you need a different kind of fellowship or you don't see exactly what to do just be still continue to do what you're doing and don't resent and he will guide you and you'll be amazed at where what will happen for you so don't force anything to happen. Always have a wait-and-see attitude. And don't guess at it. Don't make up anything because Satan is waiting for you to do that, and you'll end up making, doing the wrong thing. Just lay low there. 
until and keep doing what you're doing and maybe you can help some of those other people see the right way you don't you know i don't know but if you don't see what to do continue to do what you're doing until you can see the next thing to do okay okay because he has a plan for you so just and he will guide you if you just be still and let that happen right Right. Thank you, Jesse. Right. I really appreciate it. And you are, I, I just wish you many, many, many more birthdays, and, and I hope you treat yourself to, to some um, apple pie and ice cream. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but let me just say this. Thank you again. But even with the woman preacher that stood up and thank God oh. about the president being impeached, oh. don't resent her either. She can't see and so just know she can't see. And, 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 and again, until you see clearly what to do, continue what you're doing. Yeah. All right? I will. Thank you. All right. You. Thank you for the birthday wish. I totally appreciate it. You're welcome, sir. All God right. bless you. All right. Thank you. Oh, amazing. Always have a way to see attitude, folks. I'm telling you. You may have to endure some things, endure, but wait upon the Lord. And he will guide you every path. I'm telling you, he really will. That's not a, a Christian. It's a Christian saying, but they don't even understand it. Endure. Don't resent. Endure. Don't resent. And it will happen. He's with you. And once you start to see that, it just, it's mind-blowing. It really is. Okay. I'll save the rest of the Super Chats for tomorrow on the Jesse Lee Peterson Show. Oh, okay. Joel. All right, so we are doing the radio show live tomorrow. The office is not open because tomorrow is Memorial Day. Memorial Day, right? And so, but we will be doing a live broadcast tomorrow with Jesse Lee Peterson and right after my show, thehakereport.com. Um, uh, let me make the other announcement right now. Uh, number one, I appreciate your support more than worse can ever imagine. And I know that there are some people out there who are really getting help, but they're not donating. They're not giving back so that we can help others. Shame on you, because why would you put your money somewhere else when you're really getting the help here? And what you're doing is helping us to help others. And so you really should rethink that. Do what you want, but I'll rethink it. You're not getting help at the other church. You're not getting help at the other place, but that's where you put your donation. Then you come to me and you get the right help. You, I would recommend and ask that you help us to help others, all right? So I'm asking that you donate to the church, to the nonprofit and the church. Go to rebuildingtheman.com, your tithe and offering, rebuildingtheman.com slash church or rebuildingtheman.com. I really, really appreciate it. We got a lot going on now, thanks to you and uh, those who have donated and those who give. And I'm thinking about it now, especially as I just yelled at you. Uh, thank you so much. And you can also call 800-411-BOND. Don't be blowing your nose back there. Isn't that Frankie? Yeah, it's all loud. Oh, loud. That's a Mexican blow. <laughs> he blowing his nose like a Mexican. <laughs> Rebuilding, oh, you can call 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663 and make your donations there. You can go online and do it. Also, you can mail them in at uh, Bond, P.O. Box 
Los Angeles, California, 90035. P.O. Box 35090, L.A., California, 90035. And if you missed that, call 800-411-2663. 800-411-BOND, and someone can uh, give you the address there. Uh, I appreciate your support, folks, and thank you. A lot of you are really helping us. I don't take that for granted. When we start next Sunday, we're going to have folks in the house, and we're going to open up. Uh, we're going to get everything all cleaned up and open up for you. Not that everything is all dirty, but we'll make it all fresh. We'll have in-house church. We're going to start up our Bond uh, Academy well, we uh, Entrepreneur Academy, where we're teaching men how to start businesses and things like that. Uh, and we do have a credit union where we loan the guys the money as needed, and they pay back with small interest. But don't be coming to the academy just to get money. I, I know several guys who have done that. They join just to get uh, money from the credit union. That's not how it works. I ain't, I'm black and, and slow, but not that black and slow. So come because you really want to get your business going and you want us to help you with it. It's an amazing thing. We do have a credit union where we do loan the money, but they pay it back with interest. So, but don't come for that reason. If you're interested in the academy, um, send me a one-pager at – where should they send it? Just bond at bondinfo.org. Okay, bond at bondinfo.org. Uh, just a one-pager, not a lot. Uh, your name, your uh, contact information, why you think we should choose you. We work with all men, uh, 15 and up. And we will start our monthly meetings uh, uh, next month now, I guess. Right? Yeah. Next month. And the women's monthly meetings next month. So we're going to be back on the road. It's been an amazing thing doing the service this way. I appreciate Francisco doing his thing. And uh, he wanted to come back this Sunday. I was like, don't be asking me every Sunday. Uh, but he, you're going to see more of him with the men's classes and, the, I mean, the men's meetings, the women's meetings, you know, because I can't do it all by myself. I need help. Really, I got so much going on. And sometimes I have to travel away and I want to continue things. That's why I'm always looking for men who want to be productive. You know, you want to be productive in life, not just sit around high of dope and Point your finger at everyone else. You smoking pot and all that. You are productive in life. A man is supposed to be productive. And there are a lot of things men can be doing at Bond to be helping us get things done. And we can reach more people. We were working with people around the world. I never thought for a second that that would happen. Counseling and all that. So we, we definitely need some help. Uh, so we need men to get wake up and become men. Get over mama. Have a renewed mind and become men. Uh, so we will have church in-house. We are online anyway, so we're still going to be online. I don't know if we're going to take calls or not. We'll see. But we're definitely going to have people back. Uh, what else? Uh, blah, 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 blah. So we're taking one day at a time. And, and again, be sure to donate to Barn, rebuildingaman.com slash church or rebuildingtheman.com, all right? I absolutely appreciate it. And for you people who are, I'm helping you, but you giving your money somewhere else, don't even get help. That doesn't make sense. And I'm not telling you how much, what you can afford to do, all right? What you can afford. 
And someone asked me, uh, my church wants 10%. Should I have to give them 10%? No, you don't have to. You take care of yourself. You give from the heart. Give what you can give. All right? That way you don't be stressed out and all that kind of stuff. Don't let anyone put you in a guilt trip that you got to give that much or whatever you can't afford. Give from the heart. Give secretly, and God will bless you secretly. He'll take care of you. So I do appreciate that. Rebuildingtheman.com slash church or rebuildingtheman.com. And don't forget to watch the, and support the fallestate.tv as well as the Jesse Lee Peterson Show. And we also have, uh, 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 oh, counseling. We have the best counseling service on this side of heaven. So we're going to start next week. Not this week, but after next Sunday, having people come in for counseling. I know some of you want to come in, but you can do it by fall or, or FaceTime or whatever, all right? Best counseling service on this side of heaven. So thank you all. I really appreciate your support and your prayers. And thanks for an amazing birthday. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you. Uh, Kelly, made, uh, Kelly made sweet potato pie. Two sweet potato pies and a cake that made you want to slap your mama. <laughs> Kelly, if you're watching, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh I know you're going to make your husband fat right away because you're an excellent baker. And also, Christine I, uh, uh, did an amazing job putting everything together. She got us another cake and... Christine, amazing. Everything just went so well. It was more than what I can imagine. So all you, all of you who gave birthday gifts and all that, thank you. You know who you are. Thank you so much. Uh, James, real fast. Oh, can you get Esteban? I want Esteban to respond to my. And then I have a brand new biblical question, and we are out of here. Why Esteban is coming? Any calls or anything? Oh, nope. Okay. Just uh. Just uh, lots of super chats to support. All right. Yeah. So Esteban is coming to tell us um, why is stillness so important. <laughs> I don't know. A <laughs> uh, Christian. Why is stillness so important? Why? No. Why? <laughs> why? Um, he Mexican. Hmm. You're about to run out of time. Oh, I guess because, like, at least, um, because when you're still, you're actually saving a lot of time. And, like, when you're not still, you know, you fall into, like, distractions and, and wasting time. So being still kind of, um, uh, saves you a lot of time, you know, instead of wasting time. So you actually uh, use your time better when you're still you know you think yo you're wasting time you could be doing something else but you're actually not distracted and then you're actually you know see what you have to do and everything that you don't have to do like let's say um you want to do for fun kind of falls off so you're actually using your time better than if you were not you know staying still okay amazing huh you made that up right now. I mean, you, yeah, you just asked me. If you want to ask me again next week. <laughs> so uh, is um, are James and Joel mean to you? 
You're like a little brother to them. I noticed that they be yelling at you. Yeah, Joe's really rude. I don't know where he got it from, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always so nice. <laughs> I don't make fun of him. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, Esteban is the youngest among the group, and he's like a little brother to with James and Joel. And Joel, like, he gets on my nerves. <laughs> is that right? Is that right? It's all up in your business. <laughs> in your space. Like, back up. Uh, amazing. So, uh, thank you, Esteban. Yeah. Had you ever wondered why stillness was so important? Had you thought about that at all before? Yeah, even when I was, like, younger. Or, like, you know, I'm still kind of young or whatever. But, like, before I met you guys, I always wanted to be still because I knew, like, that when like i look at people everywhere and they're like in their head and they're acting yeah. crazy and i'm like what are you doing you know you're like always talking about parties or like always like screaming and freaking out and i don't want to be like that so i always thought that you know being still kind of you're more composed and you know thinking straight it's better than making stupid decisions and doing stupid stuff yeah yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So here's my little two cent about stillness. And I discovered that because I've gone through it so far. I don't know what tomorrow I'm going to bring, but I'm just talking about over the last 30 years. I noticed that if you're still, you, because we are all so emotional in that fallen state, as one of the callers said, you overreact and you're just so emotional. And it's, um, it's hard for, and I'm talking about myself right now, when you are in that fallen state and you're an emotional person, it's hard to handle distraction. Like everything tends to get on your nerve or you want to get mad or you want to fight. And most people, especially today, people are really weak. They're very emotional. They are emotional. And so they're weak. And I notice they can't handle distraction. They can't handle anything. We see it with the Chinese virus thing, people overreacting and putting on a mask and locking behind closed doors. And when you're walking down the road, they walk on the, out in the street uh, because they're emotional and uh, um, they can't have a distraction. And so that's why you need to be still. What's going to happen, what happened to me is that when you're still, you're separated from the not you. The real you separated from the imagination and not you. And what I notice is that when you're growing in that spirit, which is of God, you become less passionate. You're not a passionate person. You're not an emotional person. And so we, when distractions come, you're able to stay still and just deal with it. It's not a big deal. And I noticed, too, because I counsel with a lot of intellectual people, I noticed that the intellectual people cannot handle distraction. They are too emotional. They can't overcome passion and emotion and stuff like that. But when you're still, you're separated from the darkness of your imagination, and you're going to notice that all of a sudden you're not, you're not bothered by things. They don't really get on, they don't get on your nerve and... You're not overreacting to things, all right? It's just going to happen naturally. It's like your mind is being renewed, all that passionate emotion is being taken away from you, and you're able to deal with anything, really. You really are 
So you become, when you steal, you become less emotional, less distractive, and you're not into passion. Because I hear the world asking people, what's your passion? Well, I want to start, I don't know what I want to do in life. What's your passion? They'll pull and breed hell up in you when they tell you that. You don't want to get into passion. You want to just live and be in stillness. And life will unfold for you. So to be still, God will separate the real you from the not you. And as you're growing, you're going to overcome that emotion. You're going to overcome all that crap, that passion and stuff like that. I see it at the banks. I see it everywhere. People totally overreacting. And especially since the Chinese virus, it has gotten worse. Can't nobody stand nobody at this point. They snap just like that because they are so passionate. They're so emotional, so they can't handle any distraction. I hear a lot of mothers saying, oh, I can't wait for school to start back. I can't stand these chillings. If you're in the black world, chillings. If you're white, I can't stand these children because they, are, they're, they're, they can't handle distraction. They're so emotional. Well, to be still, as Chris said, God will call you to overcome anything. Be still and know God. When the boat starts shaking, be still. And you'll see you will overcome that. And you wouldn't be disturbed by anybody or anything. All right? So, yes. <laughs> There's some people who do homework, and I can just remember doing homework. Yeah. You know how, like, is there a time to where you have to really be, like, into stuff? Because no. Even when you're doing like homework, perfect example is like you get into like, let's say you're trying to write an essay. You get into it and you're like really in it because you're trying to figure out like how to make this the best essay. Would you say it's best to not even be deep in it like that with the essay to just be present as possible and you'll figure out? That's right. And if you feel yourself falling deep into it, put it away and walk away from it. Uh, Get away from it because it will control you. And he'll get you so deep into it, you can never get it right. He'll make you believe it's never right, good enough. Right. So don't get into anything or anybody. Just be. I wish somebody would have told me that all 12 years. <laughs> I know. I know a lot, of, especially white kids, They have, their parents push education on them from the moment they pop out of mama's womb. You going to the best schools, you going to the best daycare center, you going to the best college, you going to the best everything, and they force their kids to get into that kind of stuff, and it destroys them. And the kids go through all that, and they go to the best colleges and everything, and they come out, they're nutcases because they got into it. You want to always have a space between you, everything, and everybody. And that would naturally happen if you be still and overcome the world because that's what's happening you're overcoming the mind which is of Satan which is of the world and you'll be in the world and not of it so if you want to overcome that emotions and all your little passions and you want to stop being distracted I mean reacting to a distraction you got to be still and know just be still and you're being renewed alright it's being changed amazing isn't that amazing it's amazing that's amazing yes Jesse that's amazing it's so weird because you feel proud of yourself when you think you, you were real hard and deep. I uh, know. <laughs> it's all ego. And then you give the teacher the paper and you get it back. It's an F. 
<laughs> you want to cure the teacher. <laughs> right. I even know people right now who are really into homework and all that, and they'll write a whole essay, and if they write or they read it and it doesn't seem right, they tear it all up. Yeah. And they get so frustrated because they can never get it right. They get deeper and deeper into yeah, it. That's so true. And they get an F anyway. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so don't get into anything. Always have a space between. And you will automatically do it. Don't make yourself do it. It'll happen naturally, all right? Thank you all for responding to that biblical question. Why is stillness so important? It's so amazing. You want to overcome passion, folks. You do not want to be into emotions and passion. They will control you, Satan's children, and Satan will control you with that. Believe me, when you enter passion, enough is never enough for you. Have you noticed, Joel, that when you enter passion, uh, it's never enough. You could get a, uh, the, the biggest house on the hill, and it ain't big enough. Right. It, right. It's always more that you want. Yeah. Like, there's no satisfaction in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're into dispassionate by being still, you're pleased with, you're satisfied with whatever you have. You have the same attitude with little that you will have with much. Believe me, because that's not where you get your identity from. It's amazing. So I have a brand new biblical question. Brand new biblical question. This is, is deep. This is deep. What is my new biblical question, James? As I recall... It is, Jesse says, when blacks say that I'm going against my own people, who are my own people? Yeah, I hear black people telling me a lot now, and I've been hearing this since starting my uh, barn and all that. You're going against your own people. And I, I keep hearing it, but I don't really, I think I know what they mean. But I don't really know what they mean by that. So this is a question for everybody. When blacks tell me you're going against your own people, what are they talking about? What do they mean by that? That's what I want to know. That's my brand new biblical question. Thank you all. Don't forget to do the silent prayer morning and night. Don't let Satan talk to you out of it. Yeah. Real quick, I just want to give a couple of Acknowledgements, even though we are going okay. to read the rest of the super chats yes. on well, Joel's going to read them. So, I appreciate you. But Adrian Dotson gave big, nice super chat and said, Thank you, Jesse, and everybody. Thank you, Adrian. Amazing. <laughs> and somebody gave a ninjet to the other. Nin- and nothing like a ninjet. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, a ninjet, just so you guys know. Is like $120. Right on. Thank you. That was Jesus. He says, JLP is an American treasure. Shout out to Anka Baby, Hake the Snowflake, he white. And Jarrell's school for kids who can't read good. Respect yourself. (laughs) Appreciate you guys. And we'll read the rest of the Super Chats tomorrow. All right. Thank you all so much. All right. Don't forget to donate to rebuildingaman.com and... uh, um, rebuildingtheman.com slash church. We have merchandise and all kinds of things there. And you're going to see every dime we get, it goes back into what we're doing. Staff to pay, things to do, all right? That's why we're able to do so much. we never gotten one dime from the government. So thank you very much. Uh, Don't forget to do the silent prayer. 
And don't let Satan talk you out of it. If you have time to go to the bathroom, you have time to do the silent prayer. If you have time to eat, you have time to do the silent prayer. If you have time to go and get in your car and go to work, you have time for it. You have time for your cell phone, you have time for the silent prayer. Don't let the enemy talk you out of that because he's trying to hold on to you, deceive you, and destroy you. Do the silent prayer, speak up. Doubt every thought. Don't resent. All right? Great church today. We went a little over. I, I think I apologize, but not really. It was good. I like the fellowship. And next Sunday, we'll see you here, those who come here in the building. All right? Have a good day, folks, and happy Memorial Day again. And reflect tomorrow and, and be grateful for the soldiers who, the men and women who have died, that we may live in the greatest country on this side of heaven. Thank you for the fellowship. Have a good one. Amazing.